today I'm talking to Liz Lawrence, who's a musician, and we're not in the same room because of the current situation with coronavirus. Um, how are you coping with isolation? Uh, um, uh, in truth, it's, it's, it's hard. Um, I'm quite used to being isolated, particularly when I write, but it's, it's sort of the isolation and then the conditions outside that change that. So it's quite difficult not to be quite glued to what's going on outside um, of your house and then outside of your country and then outside of, you know, everything. Um, uh, so, you know, I think it's most people are good days, bad days, that sort of, mm. that sort of vibe, yeah. Because I've heard a lot of people talk about how they were hoping to use this time to get on with things they haven't had the time to do because now they have to stay home. But it's not as simple as that, is it? Because you've got all these strange restrictions and um, it doesn't feel like proper free time because mm. there's like a sense of panic everywhere, isn't there? Yeah, I think it's it's almost like the antithesis of free time because it's 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 not, it, there's nothing free about it. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. I mean, there's there's been sort of countless articles at this point about creativity on you know one side or the other being like this is the time to suddenly start that project or or write that book or or finish that tapestry or whatever it is that you might <laughs> be doing. But I think that it's important to consider the things that we need for our bodies and our minds in order to feel that kind of privileged creativity those moments that you have you know it can come from extreme hardship or but it can it also needs certain conditions in order to thrive I I, I think mm. um but you know mm. I, I wouldn't hold out I'm not kind of um writing it off I think that we will adjust I think human beings are incredible at adjusting to all, all manner of difficult things and um you know maybe in a few weeks this this phase will seem it will either seem crazy or it will seem fantastic compared to what we might have next. You know, we don't know. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. Have you found that you've been able to be creative with the time off so far? In a way, I mean, like, like a lot of people, I've been doing a lot of cooking and sort of like home stuff to make, which I think is a, is a kind of creative outlet and it's a survival instinct. Um, but I've also, I have done some writing. I have to say that it's been kind of quite... It's been a bit odd. I think it's a bit odd. I haven't played it to anyone yet because I think they might be like, "You okay, hun?" But um, you know, it's it's if I yeah, if I feel spirited enough to do it, I've been doing bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing with your album "Pity Party," which came out late last year. Um, a lot of the themes in that are about things that are, are you know issues that people face in the modern world about friends struggling to stay in touch and about. Um, sort of feeling sorry for yourself and that kind of thing. It sort of, it um, definitely speaks to how people live now. So surely all of your feelings towards that must be amplified now we're all having to stay at home and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Like I was sort of imagining that you'd come out with a, a pity party too that was a bit more intense and <laughs> I think extreme. that I think that, that one of the kind of key ideas within pity party is that, you kind of had to, the the circumstances that you had to be in for that certain kind of self um, pity had to be like not so scary and not so tough 
because that that's when things sort of uh, cross over into real life altering you know and pain and agony and I think there was something something about now that like I have had a couple of people write to me and say you know pity parties now and I'm like yeah wow um it's really <laughs> weird like you know none of my friends are okay like a lot of my and now it's you know it's like kind of it has a prophetic element and my mum keeps texting me like oh that song that song's like like, like this now and I'm like yeah yeah <laughs> um but I feel like I feel like it's really, really important to allow yourself to feel sorry for the situation and to grieve and to say that really sucks that I didn't get to go on that holiday or that I'm that I've more than more, you know, worse than that, you know, that I can't work or that I can't see my my parents. Or I think this is the like allow yourself to be sad. You don't have it. You know, I know that we have to we spend a lot of time thinking about others and their their situations and if they're worse off than us and everything else but allow yourself to be like no I, I'm sad for me today and that's okay like it's completely okay and then pull yourself up yeah. you know so what sort of thing was it that made you focus in on this theme for the album the theme runs very clearly throughout and I was just wondering what it was that um made you think right this is it I've got the idea for the album now I mean perhaps I would I would say more honestly that I'd written a bunch of songs and then I viewed them from above and was like that's so funny because that's the thread. I think you sometimes you have the thread the idea in your mind and it you know or sometimes you see the work together and go well I've just spotted the thread and the thread is that particular essence or particular feeling and then the next job is to try and kind of articulate it like we're doing now. Um you know, make sure that you're framing the work when it comes out so that people are, you know, sort of like in an art gallery where you look at a painting and, and then you have the little plaque next next to it. And usually they're quite annoying because it's like the artist at this time was blah, blah, blah. Um, every once in a while, that plaque will just suddenly give that piece of work such incredible meaning and and depth. And I feel like if you can describe your work on a on a piece of paper really succinctly, it can just really help the work to make sense to people and to, you know, so they can connect to it quickly um, rather than sort of being like, her, her friends are all sad, I don't care, or whatever. I don't yeah. know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so the title sort of is what you use to group all the songs together. Mm. Yeah, precisely. And it was an, yeah. it's an indicator to people to be like, view it with that filter on, with that mm. in mind, I suppose, mm. yeah. The first single from that album, USP, this, uh, the chorus in that, it sounds like that might come from a, a less than successful experience in the music industry. Mm. sounds like you were given an idea or something by the industry and that didn't come through I was wondering if you could talk a bit about that experience yeah I I always I, I'm cautious about using the term 
industry because I think it's it's so vast and it works for people in in many many different ways. But personally, I, I definitely had quite a difficult entry into um, living in London, being with a major label, you know, having management, having people suddenly kind of so kind of closely involved in the decisions about like how you look and and what you're trying to say and how you sound like all these very personal things when you're 19 and you're from a small town not very savvy uh, you're kind of quite you're more likely to trust somebody else's opinion over your instinct or your what you think might be right because you're like well what do I know so I suppose that's that song is a little bit about saying like you do know and that's it's so important that you do know and uh, yes good like collaborate with people and hear what they have to say but not at the expense of what you think is right like you you're you're probably not wrong and unfortunately for me it took a couple of years of of putting other people's thoughts and, and feelings first before I realized that that had then set me back a little while in terms of working out what I wanted to do and what I wanted to say but I don't think that's a terrible thing um it can seem terrible at the time, but it, the the learning curve was that. I was like, that voice, that thing that you knew was always there. And um, luckily it didn't go away. Eventually I found it again and was like, that's my instinct. That's my voice. That's what I should be listening to. Um, yeah. So does it feel like you're working on your own terms a lot more now? Oh, de definitely. Like maybe even too far. Like someone might... I have to be quite careful not to like shut things down too quickly now. Someone might suggest something and I'll be like, no. And then I'll be like, okay, hang on, hang on. Let me see if there's something something in that. Um, uh, but yeah, 100%. Like I'm, you know, I have brilliant team around me. I've got great managing, management, like great uh, people who put my record out and great agent, blah, blah, blah. Like all those things came, they took a long time in the making, but it really makes a difference. You, you're not, on your own. You can't do it alone, yeah. I don't think. Talking about doing things alone, you've recorded most of the instruments yourself, you write it all and produce it all as well, don't you? Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So what were your, in terms of like musical style, production style, what were your um, influences there? What were you listening to when you were writing the album? Uh, there was a bunch of stuff I, I, that, I, that I always seem to come back to. Um, the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, uh, always stay in my mind. Um, I also really like, I do really love pop and electronic music. Um, so sort of digital elements are quite important for me. I'm not that bothered about live sounding drums. I'd rather it just sounded like t sort of tight. Um, uh, who else was I listening to? I did a playlist and I, it's so funny because I feel like this new, the new now, the new normal has like, I just haven't like checked in with what I've done at all. You like you have to live very in the moment, right? So I'm now just trying to think back. Um, who else was I listening to? Um, I keep thinking about the cars. I listen to the cars a lot, like that kind of American mm. slackery, um, but also like grunge, um, you know, the breeders, uh, in terms of the guitar work, St. Vincent, mm. obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, no, yeah, I did do, I did make the record. I, I'm very isolated in that way. Um, I do do that all myself. 
in terms of guest musicians, you've got Ed Nash from Bombay Bicycle Club playing on the album. And he's obviously made loads of records with uh, Bombay and one with uh, his solo project, Toothless. What's it like having someone like him help you on the album? Ed is firstly like just a, a very, very uh, dear and close friend of mine. And secondly, he has, in his manner in the studio, is so laid back. He's so chilled. And I just said to him, I need to, um, I need to reamp some guitars and I would like you to replace some bits of bass because I, I've just played them not as well as I know that you could. And he was really keen. So we just sat in his, in his studio for a day and he's just like, he'll just be, he's just look at an amp and be like, let's just try sticking a mic over here for that. Uh, let's try this cardboard guitar I've got. And in that respect, I think, I think that he is a, is a fantastic person to be around in the studio. Um, and I keep saying to him that I think that he should do more production and produce for more bands. So if you're in a cool band, just message Ed and tell him you want to make a record uh, when all this is over. But yeah, he's a, um, he's a really he was a really important energy because I can be a little bit too um, over the top about scrutinising everything. And I think that letting go and just sort of trying things out is quite often a better approach. Do you feel like you could return the favour and produce some songs for him? Well, we actually, last year, or maybe the year before, um, we sat down and we started putting an EP together, um, just the two of us. Um, but then eventually our, both our diaries got a bit a bit busy. So one of the tracks went on to my album, which is Rivers. And then uh, another track uh, called People People went on to the Bombay Bicycle album. So uh, we, I'm sure that we will continue to like collaborate and, um, but yeah, that was like a co-production, co-writing, which we did all remotely actually. So maybe I should send him an email, but um, yeah, like definitely you can see, well, yeah, that's the kind of kind of collaboration. I I really like relationships that can come and go, um, you know, things that just dip in and out quite naturally. Um, I've got a few of those, musically that is. Do you collaborate with the members of your band? Um, I don't collect. No. Um, when it comes to this project, I write it. Yeah. No. No. Um, obviously, though, if we're rehearsing and stuff, and they have ideas, like for sure. And quite often, sonically, if I, you know, I'm not a drummer and I'm not a bass player, so if they know what's going to sound good, I totally trust them to to be their own master of how their stuff sounds. Um, and so in that respect, yes, but in terms of writing and stuff, no, not not really, no. I saw you play in a really small room in the back of Rough Trade in Bristol. Um, and then sort of three or four weeks later, I saw you play on the stage at Alexandra Palace, mm -hmm. which is a pretty stark contrast in venue size there. I was just wondering, what does it feel like leading up to two very different gigs like that? <sighs> well... The Rough Trade one was like a string of in-stores, wasn't it? So, and I was like trucking around in my car. Um, and then Alexander Palace, because I do the Bombay job as well. To be honest, like, and I'm not even, I'm not even like being, um, 
I'm not even kind of being cynical here or anything. Like they both, they feel the same. Like I love live performance so much, but it, it both of them were a complete pleasure. And I remember the Bristol show so well because there's a young lad there and he wanted my guitar string after. And like, it was, it was so much smaller and so much more, like I was seeing that I'm like going out and trying to build an audience. And then, you know, Ali Pali, you're kind of, that was, a, you're riding on someone's coattails a little bit there. And it was, you know, it was great that, that people were there. Yeah, but I, I every, yeah, every, every gig matters, I suppose, yeah. um, to me. From your social media, you shared an email address. Yes. Um, to encourage people to contact you while social isolation was happening. Mm -hmm. I was just wondering what kind of things people were tending to contact you about. What were they using that email address for? Um, it's been really varied and really wonderful. A lot of people at the start were in airports, like trying to get home from, you know, holidays or work. Um, so they were f kind of feeling kind of anxious. Um, maybe I guess they just wanted some, a lot of them feel like diary entries in a way. Um, you know, a sort of on this day vibe. Uh, lots of them are very funny. Um... Yeah, uh, a couple of um, more romantically inclined emails. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but yeah, and a, a few people I'm now, you know, kind of check in on regularly. Um, but from all over the world, it's it, I'm really glad I did it. And I kind of really want people to keep using it because it's become a bit of a time capsule. And it's going to be, I feel like it's the kind of thing that in 10 years time, I'll be like, oh, man see if I can log into that Outlook account and find all of these, mem mm. like, you know, memories of people. They're saying today was the day that I was supposed to do my GCSEs or I was supposed, you know, and it was cancelled and, um, or, you know, sharing great music that we're listening to. It's, it's great because I think that with social media, the interactions are so immediate and so fast that having like an, e an email address feels so much more like writing a letter. And I'll sit down once a day and just have a look and then try and re reply to as many as possible but because I don't want a, it to be too glib or kind of forced. I'll wait until I f feel like I want to write again and then I'll pick it back up. Um, so it's a bit more kind of, we, we don't, we don't, we're not in a rush, let's face it. Mm -hmm. No, of course. Mm. Um, have you got any recommendations for the listeners for things that you've been listening to, watching, reading, while you've been isolating? Well, I guess everyone's watched or watched or watching The Tiger King on Netflix at the moment, which is a which is a must. <laughs> uh, but I bit, yesterday, I'm not even kidding. I just lay on my floor and listened to the new Waxahachie record, um, which is like so beautiful. Um, and uh, then I, yeah, I think Sorry released a record last week, so I've been checking out Sorry, who are kind of uh, like uber cool type new band um those are my two music recommendations uh also perfume genius is is releasing some singles because he's got a record coming out soon which i'm really excited about uh tv wise honestly i'm genuinely i'm like food obsessed i'm just watching master chef um which i love uh yeah and watching classic movies like we watched rear window the other day 
um, and we want to watch like Hitchcock's back catalogue. I think pick a pick a director or pick a pick a a, a novelist that you've not explored and and read as much of their back catalogue or watch as much as you can, and then you'll be an expert and you can go on mastermind. Um, so, what's your mastermind um, specialist subject then? Uh, <laughs> um, oh shit! Uh, sorry. No, oh. Um, <laughs> what would I what would I pick? I'm looking around my room to see if there's anything. Probably contemporary art f- in the UK from 1980 to 2010. A very specific window you've chosen. You got to make it real small. <laughs> I should have made it smaller. <laughs> yeah. So who who comes in who are like the famous ones from that? Who comes to mind when you think of that? Well, I was well. just looking at a uh, well, actually, he's not British, but I was looking at uh, a Keith Haring uh, postcard. But um, artist-wise, I mean, it, all the YBA, like the Sarah Lucases and the those. I w- I did a small stint at art school, so I. Um, but that is Sarah Lucas. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. See, now I'm like, I'm like, man, I shouldn't have picked this. Tracy Emin. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So thanks a lot for talking to me, Liz. Oh and no worries. I actually, How can we... I do have a song coming out on Friday. That's a really good point. Yeah, I've got a song coming out on Friday. Okay, what's, um, is that something you've written in the last few weeks? No, I wrote it in December. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and how can we, um, how can we find that? Uh, it will be on Spotify, but check my, check my social media. All right, yeah. Thanks cool. a lot, Liz. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Alex.